Have you ever looked into a new product or service, but were deterred because you couldn't quite figure it out? It sounds basic, but for any business to be successful, customers have to know how their product works. That's where product education can often be the overlooked ingredient that makes or breaks a business. Today, we'll be learning all about it by speaking with someone who does product education for a living, Jotform's very own Morgan Zions. Welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, insights, and best practices that help us move forward in business and in life. Let's get started. All right, we are live and here with Morgan Zions. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, so let's dive right into the topic for today, which is uh, product education. Now, that's a very broad term. It can encompass a lot of things depending on the industry, of course. Uh, but what does it entail at a company like Jotform? Yeah, so that's a, a good way to preface that question is that it can be anything, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of different things at a lot of different companies. At Jotform specifically, uh, it means uh, taking a holistic look at how we talk about our products and our features mm -hmm. and developing a program that speaks to that. Um, so largely we're doing webinars currently and we do webinars anytime there is a new major product or feature release. Um, those webinars are meant to, you know, we give demos, so they are meant to be kind of a technical overview of that product or feature. But another piece of that is also providing use cases, so mm -hmm. letting people know how they might use that feature, why that feature might be important to them, why they might care. So, um, yeah, we're largely doing that through webinars currently, but we are looking at other ways to expand. There might be more coming a little mm -hmm. bit later this year for that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Making that big picture overview. Yeah. So how did you how did you get here? How does one get into product education? In your mind, like if you could summarize why why is it so important? Yeah. Um, so I got into product education pretty incidentally. So I don't have a <laughs> career path for other people who are I don't interested. Don't think there's in a that. degree in it. But. No. Um, yeah. I majored in psychology and then I was in accounting. <laughs> so um, then I got into marketing somehow. Um, so I. Started at my last job as sort of a support role for a team called the Outreach Team mm -hmm. that was customer marketing, and they were doing basically the same thing. So, you know, again, checking in with customers, learning about how they were using a product and figuring out how to better show them how to use the product. Um, not quite as much technical training mm -hmm. as like, you know, use studies, uh, use cases. And um, the company was going pretty quickly, and they needed people to step up and do more of that as well. So I quickly had to move from being that back-end person and supporting the team to actually doing some of that. And my role was very similar to what I'm doing here at Jotform. So I did webinars. Um, I did in-person trainings. I helped develop uh, what we called the university for the company, mm -hmm. where it was an intensive couple-day training where people would come to us. Uh, and I found that I really loved it. I really loved, despite really being a back-end person <laughs> mm -hmm. before that, I really loved working directly with customers. So, um, yeah, to me, you know, being able to help people get to that light bulb moment, seeing, you know, finally seeing something set in or really realizing how or why they should care about something, that was really significant. And I really liked that piece of it and decided to pursue my career in that 
So, sure. Did yeah. you find that transition from being more of the back-end person, as you were saying, to taking more of a product education focus? Do you find that transition natural, organic? <laughs> um, I... I it eventually became natural for me. <laughs> uh, I do have public speaking experience and background mm-hmm. experience. Which is important. <laughs> it is. Um, so I felt like I was pretty well prepared to step into that, but I had a lot of anxiety about being sure. that more visible, front-facing yeah, person. Yeah, that can be daunting. So, for sure, yeah. Um, so I did step into it pretty hesitantly, but obviously, you know, I, I came on at Jobform to manage webinars and that's what I've been doing for the past two years here. So you've done an you awesome know, job. <laughs> thank you. Um, so as soon as I could get over the anxiety or get the anxiety to a manageable place, it, it has been a pretty natural thing for me. And, and it's clearly something I really enjoy. Sure. Absolutely. And people, people not, might not realize, um, being sort of the face of project product education, you are kind of the, the face of the company for many yeah. people who, yeah. uh, come to Jotform and are trying to learn more things about it, whether yeah, it's, it's through webinars or, mm-hmm. or other videos, uh, you really have to have to put yourself out yeah. there. So, so overcoming that is extremely <laughs> yeah. commendable. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how product education and marketing intersect. Because even in like my MBA I'm taking right now, we've talked about is product education marketing? Is it kind of a, a different category from yeah. marketing? In in your eyes, do you consider what you do marketing per se? Yeah. And what's the difference? Yeah, I absolutely see it as marketing. And I think especially with SaaS companies. Uh, when you have a SaaS company, you're not just making a one-time sale, you're making an annual sale. Mm-hmm. So you have to continue to prove value to your users year over year. Yep. Um, if you decide to raise prices, you need to be able to show them that there is a reason yep. you've raised Justify prices. It. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so it's absolutely a function of marketing. You know, I'm supporting the sale of the product year over year to people. Um, that being said, it absolutely intersects with other departments. Mm-hmm. Um, I work very closely with our product team. Uh, I could also see you know, customer, su- customer support is uh, also very similar. In my opinion, product education, again, is that more holistic overview and also a proactive approach to showing people mm-hmm. how to use a product or service, whereas customer support might be more reactive to their questions and their concerns. So. You know, it's, it's sort of two sides of the same coin. Sure, and if, I guess if you think about it in terms of, like, the, the marketing funnel, what people think of as marketing might be the advertising right. or, or right. the flashy billboard that can first attract customers. But really, marketing is also keeping customers uh, engaged and, yeah. and interested and, and functional once they, they yeah. are yeah. Uh, onboarded. So uh, yeah. it's absolutely maybe a little bit further along in the marketing funnel, yeah. but I'd agree. It, it yeah. is definitely uh, part of the marketing funnel, but mm-hmm. would, would love to hear anybody's opinions on that. <laughs> Um, Let's dive a little bit deeper into kind of the the meat of what you do, which is webinars for Mm -hmm. now. We have some other stuff in the works, (laughs) but for now, webinars, um, you know, the average user might see a webinar, might might tune in or or watch a recording, but really have no idea of the effort that goes into uh, creating them. And you've been doing this for for a couple of years now, more than that. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about what goes into making a product webinar at Jotform? Yeah, so any 35 to 45 minute session, which is what we're shooting mm-hmm. for when we do a, a big product release webinar, okay. for example, um, that could mean over 80 hours of work on my end. So wow. yeah, um, for, for the bigger ones, not, not for the smaller <laughs> ones. Um, the, you know, the biggest piece of that is that 
I have to very thoroughly understand the product mm -hmm. myself. So there's a lot of the education on my end. Uh, and then I have to take that and translate it into a script. And I don't know who I'm talking to. You know, we get people registered. I do have a sense. But am I talking to somebody who is a brand new person? Am I talking to somebody who's an experienced user? Yeah, I mean, we promote there's, these, but you have no idea, you know. Right, exactly. So there's, there's probably people on both ends of the spectrum. Sure. For our bigger webinars, we might have five or 600 people on the line. That's mm -hmm. a huge number of people. So right. I have to be able to translate what I've learned about a product into something that will um, be easily understandable for those new people, but also still engaging for those who are a little bit further down the line. And then I have to create a demo from that too. And again, same thing there, You know, something that is engaging for people who already know their way around, mm -hmm. but also pretty introductory for other folks. So. A huge chunk of that 80 plus hours would be that piece. But there's also a lot of scheduling. Um, I'm not the only person on the team who does webinars. I do the majority of them. Mm -hmm. um, you get some help here. But and there, yeah. We, yeah. And um, it, some people might know Lainey. She does our yep. enterprise stuff. Um, so Lainey will write and deliver content for enterprise webinars. Um, but I still manage all of the scheduling. So scheduling is not just figuring out when we can do a webinar, but it's also figuring out when we can time an email um, so that it's not conflicting with other mm -hmm. things that we're sending, um, you know, making sure that I can schedule something close to when we're, we're releasing it, um, you know, making sure that we can send follow-up emails on time. So there's a lot of that scheduling. There's a lot of working pieces there. And then after sessions, another huge chunk of the time is going through all of the questions that we mm -hmm. get in registration. Which are a so, lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you think, you know, five, 600 people online, we might have two or 300 questions. Right. So um, I go through all of those before. I'll, I'll sort through them, start to sort through them before the webinar, and I use those to inform my content. And that's the benefit so, of asking ahead of time yes. if you have questions yeah. with the registration. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. It benefits me as much as the audience. I right. think, you know, if I am seeing a lot of introductory questions, I might lean toward being more um, introductory, providing more overview. Right. So it really helps me inform my content, but mm -hmm. the audience gets more out of it then. So I do comb through those initially, but after the fact, that's something that I share with our product team and our developers so that they know what questions people are asking about the current offering, what they'd like to see developed out of that, and even like the general questions. You know, mm -hmm. what are people still asking about introductory things? I might use that to inform new webinars. In fact, this year I'm kind of doing a, a back to basics, a little bit of a focus on that with some of our webinars mm -hmm. because we get so many questions that are a little bit more, you know, can you show me X, Y, Z about just using the product? That's a pretty, you know, questions from new people. So, um, so yeah, so I share that with the product team, but um, that's another huge chunk of the time. So there is a lot that goes into webinars. Yeah, yeah no kidding. There, there's just many layers of um, complexity. One, from becoming a product expert yourself. Yeah. You know, you're probably uh, as, if not more knowledgeable about the job form product than I'd say many people on the marketing team because you have to understand the nitty gritty. Yeah. You have to be able to do it live in a demo. You need to be able to present and talk about yeah. um, you know, the, the primary talking points and you need to be able to answer detailed uh, questions about it. So so that in itself is is impressive. Then when you add in all the coordination that it takes because you know the, the logistics of when we send certain promotional materials yeah. and when we're gonna schedule and when we think that uh, most customers would want to tune into webinar, right. uh, how soon after launch, and yeah. when we announce it, um, all all these factors. Yeah. Um, but I like what you mentioned about um, 
communicating with our development team afterwards, because this is where kind of to circle back to the marketing conversation, yeah. it gets into product marketing yeah, a little bit because you maybe more so than anyone, anyone else are getting that real time feedback yeah. about how our customers perceiving uh, this product, how can it be bettered and you know improved yeah. upon and being able to channel that feedback to our dev team can really help us improve our products yeah. at, at the end of the day because yeah. the development team, they might not have access to feedback like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's a really powerful part of product education is, and yeah. how it ties into product marketing that people not might not realize. That alone is why you need a product education manager <laughs> on your team, honestly, because yeah. then that will help you uh, make a better product. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really exciting to hear about everything. Goes into a webinar. Does have you ever had? I've got to ask. Does anything ever go wrong? I mean, you're live. These are these are not pre-recorded. Uh, these are happening with potentially hundreds of people on the line uh-huh. uh, at once. Has anything ever uh, gone wrong? Because I feel like that would be my worst nightmare. Yeah, you know that's part of where the anxiety came in that I <laughs> understand to overcome. You gotta have nerves of steel. <laughs> yeah, um, you know more. Uh, I would say uh, there's something that goes wrong in almost every webinar, and part of my job mm. is to wow. smooth that over so it's not as noticeable. Almost every webinar almost is a high percentage of them. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, most of the time, that's something small, like I advance the slides too quickly yep. or. Um, we've had a couple, uh, one or two times where the product just isn't loading quite as quickly as I wanted, yeah. and so I have to figure out what to say to buffer that. Yep. Um, so yeah, a lot of my role is just you know being being able to think on my toes when it comes to things like that. Um, but I will say there was a time at my last company, not a webinar I was delivering, but when I was helping manage and doing behind the scenes stuff, where the internet went out in oh, no. um, oh. in that is yeah in scenario. the entire office, the entire city, I think, and um, so. It did come back on quickly, but we had to scramble to figure out, like, do we go back, try to go back to the webinar? Do we email everybody and tell them we're going to reschedule? And we did wind up coming back online and I think also rescheduling. So um, thankfully, knock on wood, that has not happened here. Just that scrambling. (laughs) But, um, yeah, uh, it's, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you do things live. I can only imagine. Did you have... um... Just out of curiosity, did, did you have any sort of live speaking experience before you started doing webinars or public speaking experience? Yeah, not uh, off the cuff, like mm-hmm. I often have to do with webinars, right. but I have spent a lot of my life doing public speaking, going back to high school where I spent four years on speech team. I was a very cool kid in high school. Very um, cool. Most of my <laughs> weekends were spent getting up at five o'clock in the morning to do speech tournaments. Dedication. I mean, look and, where it's got you. I know. I know. My uh, old speech coaches would be very proud. And I will say, I wanted to quit after my first year, and my mom wouldn't let me, so I mm. grudgingly have to give her some credit for that one. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I, I love that you you did that in high school. Um, and it's it's paid off in a serious sense because, I mean, yeah. no, you can script these out to a T, but no matter what, you're going to probably have to deal with, like you said, some of those yeah. intangibles. So yeah. being able to have that comfortability, um, that, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, Moving on, are some, you know, we have a lot of products here here at Jotform. You know, obviously we're a form builder, but if you think of the other products we have, like tables, apps, uh, approvals, um, are some just in general, some topics, some some products harder than others to sort of wrap your head around uh, for webinar because you know we're we're a drag and drop, no code form builder. We try to make things easy for the user, uh, but that doesn't mean it's always necessarily as easy for you in like <laughs> channeling these ideas into a nice tidy uh, webinar. Would you say that the experiences are normally the same doing webinars, or does it vary drastically depending on the product? 
It's kind of a little bit of both. So despite the fact that I've been in SaaS companies for almost 15 years now, I'm not a particularly tech-minded person. Again, Mm -hmm. I was psychology and then accounting. I was a behind-the-scenes person. Maybe Um, that's why you're good in the role. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways probably Mm -hmm. because, you know, I I have to learn it again and, you know, I have to start from scratch too. So um, it really depends. There's always a moment with every webinar where I think I'm never going to understand this. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do this? And then there's a moment, you know, two days later where it just clicks. Like all of a sudden it just comes together. Um, But again, you know, not being super tech minded, some of that does take longer than others, especially the the bigger products like approvals. You know, that was a pretty major release with a lot, you know, very different from our form builder. Right. So I did have to spend extra time figuring that out. And, um, you know, the, you know, that that can take a little bit longer. I just kind of try to add in some buffer room to make sure I understand all of that. But yeah, you know, it, it just depends on when that, that light bulb moment happens for me. And you know, it's when all about I can the get light there. bulb. Yeah. And you're trying to get our customers to the light bulb moment as soon as as soon as you can. That yep. doesn't mean that it necessarily <laughs> comes comes right away for you. Um, what would you say are some of the kind of unique challenges uh, that people might not expect that's associated with with your role or with webinars in general? Yeah. Um, I would say just going back to uh, all of the moving pieces and and how long it takes to do any webinar. So if you multiply that by, I'm usually writing two or three at one time, mm-hmm. and they're all in different stages. But that means yeah, we that have different you know, release trains right, and products. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, um, that might mean that some are in the early stages of still planning, some are writing, some are you know I'm getting ready to go go live and, and deliver the webinar. Um, I may also be helping Lainey put together some of her sure. webinars and all of that scheduling. So I'd say the biggest challenge, and, and this might not be a unique challenge, I'm sure all pro- project managers come across this, um, is just juggling all of that mm-hmm. because I work with so many other people. You know, I work with our designer to get slides yep. designed. I work with our growth team to get messaging out. Um, again, working with the product team. If I have questions, I also have to check in with the product team before that. Working with the other folks on the marketing team, the writers, on mm-hmm. their knowledge of the product because they become product yeah, experts You want to make sure well. like messaging aligns and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, making sure I can get a run through done in time. You know, yep. all of those sorts of things and doing that for, you know, again, um, you know, three or four webinars at any given time. Yeah, it's really a, a cross-functional role yes. that uh, people people really might is, not yeah. realize because you know, if you, especially for a tech company, you know, your your company is your your product, so that right. spans basically absolutely everything, and you are kind of bridging that product mm-hmm. to to customers. You're yep. like that first line of defense. So, yeah. um, I think you make a good point just about the flexibility that's required, especially in the tech industry, uh, where things are constantly changing. Yeah, you know, may we need to make an improvement to a product or mm-hmm. we need to push it back or maybe we need to release something suddenly sooner than we expected mm-hmm. for for whatever reason, you know? Mm-hmm. So having that flexibility to kind of go with the flow yeah. and be uh, be adaptable is is really important. Um, yeah. We sort, sort of touched, I was gonna ask kind of what's the, the most time consuming part, <laughs> uh, which I think the correct answer would be all of it. <laughs> Um, but I know earlier you hit on maybe just figuring out the the demo or would it be more like the coordination? Like what does take up the most time? 
Yeah, I don't necessarily want to say time consuming because it is really, you know, that is what webinars are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, the the biggest part of that is coming up with a demo. The demos are not scripted. I do generally write an outline yeah, of what I want to do. Yeah, you have an idea show. Exactly, yeah. So the, you know, I, I usually script out slides and, you know, know what I want to say for slides. And, mm-hmm. and I do have a script that I can look at. Um, but for that, you know, again, I have to know it really well because I'm not, it's not scripted. I'm, I'm doing that off the cuff. And right. We aren't forging that. That's, yep. that's a real thing yep. using and, our actual uh, product. Right. And, you know, it'll be a little different every time I run through it. So I do try to do a number of run throughs to make sure that, again, not just that I know what I'm doing, but that it's coming across clearly. I do run throughs for other people as well. So mm-hmm. it is really coming up, I would say, the entire process of coming up with the webinar content, but the demo is probably the, the most. Right, because you want to you want to find a good example that can can speak to as many people. The use cases out there are so buried. Yeah. You know, you you're never going to be able to encapsulate all of them, but try to encapsulate as as many as you can. Mm-hmm. And to circle back to something you said earlier in the conversation around uh, customer entry points, I think that was a really good observation that people might not realize because of course you you don't necessarily know who's tuning in right some people might have used jot form for 10 years and be an expert in almost everything but they just want a little yeah. bit of information about this this one part of the right. new product and right. some people might have just not even heard of jot form yeah. or just signed on yeah. and you know they're really starting from scratch so yeah. trying to bridge that balance and yeah. try to you know not make it too introductory but not right. too complex I imagine that's got to be um, that's got to be a, a bit of a hurdle that um, you kind of have to manage with every webinar as it comes up. Yeah, yeah. And I try to, um, you know, I think for the most part, it's customers tuning into our webinars, and that's how I envision it. But there are always people who are not users as well, who mm-hmm. may be entirely coming yeah. from scratch here. Yeah, because they may they got email or saw right. some banner about it, or yeah. like, oh, uh, let me learn more about this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, be able to start with at least an introductory, introductory spiel about what we do yeah. and, and stuff is then important too. So, yeah, yeah finding the balance <laughs> is, is very important important, obviously, with product education in general. Um, but to sort of make it full circle, I guess if we are to kind of summarize and, and find the, the, the silver bullet, if it exists, in, in your words, what would you say is the secret to good product education for startups out there or for companies that are just looking to, you know, instate a product education department or, or position? Um, how should a new company approach it? What is, what is the key in your mind, having done this for years? I I think the biggest key is to not overlook it. I think especially for a new company, there can be a tendency to try to hit the ground running and and make your sales and do what you have to do to get new people in. Mm -hmm. But there will be a point, again, especially with SaaS companies, where you have to continue to sell the product year over year. And um, you know that doesn't mean you have to dedicate an entire role to product education, but having some resources set aside for that is, I you know, I would say crucial. Again, this is your holistic look at the product. This is not a right. reactive answering of questions. This is educating people as you know, as you're you're growing, as your company is growing, and as they're learning about things. So, um, first and foremost, I'd say you know, make sure you have some resources dedicated to that. Um, the other thing. The other biggest thing I would say is to know your audience and know how to reach them. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that's key for any kind of marketing. Sure. Um, but, you know, uh, a lot of times it's webinars in 
certain companies, people might not tune into webinars. So what are you going to do? You know, I know in addition to what I do and the webinars that I do and the other things that I'm working on creating, uh, we have a lot of other different types of resources available to people as well that are like short form videos versus my long, sure. you know, long videos. So maybe you're a company that just, you know, people are just going to care about those shorter videos or they just want to see, you know, reels or TikToks, or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. You know, know who your audience is and know where they want to hear from you. And yeah. that is that is the big key. Yeah, that's great advice. And it all works in tandem at the, yeah. at, at the end of the day. And ultimately, like you kind of said at first, good product education keeps your customers being customers yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's what it's what convinces them to, to stay on yeah. and keep giving money year after year, right? And right, convinces right. them of the value of but the product. I think it, it benefits everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're getting people to subscribe to your product year over year, but it also benefits them as well. You're not doing it, you know, in my opinion, I, I don't do this to make money for the company. I don't know. I don't know if I can say that, but um, I do it because, you know, I want to make sure that people know what they're subscribing to and what they're paying Absolutely. for and, and really be able to utilize the product and get the full value out of the product. And it benefits them and another roundabout way because it helps make your product, our product, yeah, better. Because exactly. that's, yep. again, as yep. we talked about, kind of the first line of defense to getting that that feedback yep. uh, from people to then uh, make improvements that, that will help them. So I think you you summarized that really beautifully there. Um, I guess, yeah, what, what do you like most about what you do? Sort of just looking holistically mm -hmm. on yeah. it as product manager for, for Jotform. What, what attracts you to this? Again, I, I love working with customers. And I think you said earlier, you know, I... Um, I'm in a pretty unique position. Mm -hmm. I am a face that people recognize. And, um, you know, I do try to know the product really well. So people do come to me. You know, people will follow up with me after webinars. I do also always share my email mm -hmm. after webinars. So um, people will follow up with me. People will follow up with me maybe six months later because they know that I was able to help them. And and if I can't help them, you know, I'm still – I'm not going to ignore that email. You know, I mm -hmm. usually – I send a lot of people to our support because – Although I know the product very well, our support team is going to be much better equipped to handle some of the sure. more technical sure. issues. Um, but that being able to have those interactions with customers and to know that I'm somebody they know, somebody they trust, somebody that has been able to help them, that makes me you – know, it, it really does go back to my psychology background. It makes mm -hmm. me feel um, – it makes me feel good, and it makes me uh, feel good knowing that I can help them. So that is um, that's one piece, and I'd say that liaison piece, that being a person who can provide so much feedback for our product team as well, is also something that I really value. Uh, they have showed mm -hmm. me in person what they do with that information and how valuable that is to how they develop the product. And just knowing that I've been able to deliver something to them that helps them with their Absolutely. work is also really um, you know, one of the things I love too. Yeah, that's great. Well, you've done uh, an awesome job, and we are we are so grateful to to have you. Um, couldn't agree more with all that. Anything else you you want to touch on that that we missed here? I think we kind of covered the the basis <laughs> of what product education is, how webinars work, how you approach your job. Uh, I think it's been really informative. Any anything else we missed? Just, we do webinars uh, almost every other week. So CTA, tune in. Yep, tune in. <laughs> you can check out jobform.com/webinars for uh, any upcoming webinars and stay tuned for more from, from me and from us later this year. Great. I would do a sign off myself, but you kind of captured all the points I was going <laughs> to hit. So your, your, I think we job. can leave yep. it on that. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It was, it was awesome to have you. I, I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the next webinar. All right. Thanks. All Thanks right. for having me. Thank you.